The Truck and Driver podcast is sponsored by Snap Account, the all-in-one payment solution for truck parking, washing, tolls and more. Hello and welcome back to the Truck and Driver podcast. I'm Dougie Rankin. It's Chris Madison from a snowy Gloucester Services. Yeah, that's bizarre to say the least. Aye. It is the 6th of April. And I know we can get snow in April, but come on. I've just been interviewing um, Michael Whistons, who's doing a road planning job um, somewhere not too far from you tonight. And he said it was snowing like hell. What is going on with the weather? Aye. Well, three years ago, we were going away for Easter in the Wobble Box, and it snowed overnight on uh, Thursday night into Good Friday so much we couldn't get out of the village, never mind get the caravan out. So we, uh, well, four inches now 2018 so it's not unusual no need for it though there's a narrative isn't there it's all unusual weather we're all doomed we're not it's just weather all weather's unusual especially over here it's been happening in april forever like i'm not having it greta's not having a say on this you know this is just rubbish it's freezing no it was bollockingly cold this morning when i went to load at five o'clock in hour and it was minus two it was bloody raw and um, it's not really tried hard all day, even down in Torquay, it was about seven. Yeah, bro, you kind of was... get much more tropical in the UK than Torquay. Well, it's the English Riviera, apparently, but um, it was the English North Pole. And everything. Well, I think I got the best end of the stick today because I was in the fridge and the fridge was set at 19, so it was nice and warm in the fridge. So, uh, <laughs> aye, keeping those plants alive, man. A lot of this... Sensitive stuff like chili plants and that need to be kept warm, so we have to keep them warm. And they whip them out the back door and uh, scoot them off into glass houses post haste. Mm. Did not know that. How did you go on last week anyway? You were out last week in the big Volvo FH16 750. Aye, aye, grand week actually. You know, I like to criticize European manufacturers whenever possible, but um. A fantastic bit of kit, that one. It had a few glitches on the software, but then it's pre-production, so I'll, I'll have to just yeah. allow the that. Um, we had to periodically stop, turn it off, double lock the doors, go around and flick the isolator off, count to 30, come back, uh, recount the first book of Genesis, turn it back on, go around and lock it and get back in, and then radio would work. So, yeah. All right, Being the radio. <laughs> When the radio stopped working in the FM that I had, it just I just let it um, sort itself out like half an hour and it would come back on again. But just just because they are, um, it won't do that. The, the real ones, that's the pre-production versions. But anyway, how did you get on with three thousand five hundred and fifty newton meters of torque and all that? Where did you go and what did you do and everything? I went all over, but to be honest, it felt like I spent my week around Norwich because. Um, it just ignores hills completely. I was dragging, I was dragging turf down to the vicinity of Frank Lampard's neck of the woods down by uh, Virginia Water. Twenty-five ton loads of turf down the M1, and it just ignores hills. Hills don't exist. It's um, it doesn't even growl. It doesn't have the decency to growl and carry on about going up hills. It just goes up hills. It's like being on a ski lift with a leather seat. Um, <laughs> you can't hear it. Honestly, I've been in noisier Vauxhall Novas. It, um, it's marvellous. that um, Dynamic steering control is brilliant as well. 
reversing in yards, it's like driving a forklift. It's that light. And on the road, obviously, the faster you go, the heavier it gets. It gives you some feel. So you don't end up wandering around. Um, the lane departure software and the, oh, my God, you're an idiot. I'm going to stick the brakes on software. doesn't. It just gently vibrates the steering wheel as though you might be running over rumble strips. I like yeah. that, the lane departure, because it would yeah. flash up on the dash just as you were you yeah. know, veering one way or the other, but it wouldn't interfere yeah. as such it's... because every other lane departure system, it just goes bzzz, yeah. and then the first time it does it, you just hit the button in the dash and switch it off because it's shite. Mm. But the Volvo system, um, I, I do, I did like that. That was one of the things. I yeah, liked. it's really subtle. There's no mm -hmm. drama. Like the DAF had a massive scream and shout and a cry every time you did it. But, you know, this just goes, hmm. And you go, oh, naughty. And, you know, so you don't want to turn it off because it's that inobtrusive. There's no point turning it off. That's um, the key to tech, good technology is that you don't yeah. notice that it's there or it'll work with you rather than working against you, yeah. which a lot of these systems were doing until really very yeah. recently, like AEBS and a 2015 plate. Um, yeah. I say like a DAF, you know, it gets a fright at the side <clears> of a crisp packet. So they've come a long way, yeah. a long way in a short period of um, time. How did you get on with the bed and all that, the bunk in it? A lovely thing. Fantastic bit of kit. It's um, obviously got the electric lift up and down. Ooh, hospital, I've not had so. that before. Uh, and we've got the granny bed, the granny hospital bed. So you can press your button and you can sit up in bed and watch your telly, which is thoughtfully positioned over the driver's door at the opposite side of the cab. It's a brilliant bed anyway, but then it's got a mattress topper on top of that and a duvet and the rest of it. And I slept like a stiff. Brilliant. <sighs> I, yeah. I found that with the, the Scania, I, I, every night I had a really good night's sleep. I think the new cabs are better insulated as well. It's like having double glazing, yeah. eh? So you, you don't hear as much when everybody starts starting up at four o'clock in the morning. You're no. not, I wasn't as aware of it um, as I have been no. in, in, all, in no, all the I, trucks. So. I didn't wake up at the Red Lion because of the starting up. Um, noise i woke up because i'd not slept all night so i was terrified of being burnt to a crisp um it's a wonderful vehicle it looks well it performs well it handles remarkably well for a gigantic lump it, uh, it runs on 385s on the front um the gearbox is excellent despite not having the famous dual clutch that everybody seems to be deeply emotional about it's uh, it. it's i mean it's like the fantastic dual clutch is great but you don't need it no, Not no. Shot. Yeah. and in spite of all the uh bungalow dwelling armchair experts telling me that i'd be bankrupt in a week and it only do seven i drove it like i'd stolen it because i didn't have an instruction book anywhere we just got a truck dropped off and there's the keys and see you in a week so i drove it and it did as you're probably already aware 9.4 over a week and that's no, I'm not aware of that. a mixed been on facebook or anything so i wouldn't have seen it you know that's mixed loads that's plants lightweight stuff that's turf not so lightweight that's you know drag arsing about in turf fields and then down the road to london two or three times we've um been uphill and down dale and it just deals with whatever you throw at it without any fuss and that is pretty much all i want going mm. forward is minimal fuss um what was the only criticism on it? 
Because it was really uh, nineteen thousand when I got old of it, about oh, twenty. It's had a lot better for then. That, uh, that, that was the thing I didn't. Um, the thing that was about the Scania was, I mean, it was lovely to get it to be the very first person to have it and pull a trailer. But it is better if you get a truck yeah. that's got a few thousand kilometers on it, so it's loosened up a bit. But I nineteen thousand is not not too bad. It's been out doing it's been out doing a bit yeah. of work that thing. So you were saying what was your Aye. criticism? You had one thing. The only thing, and I said this to Martin from Volvo when he rang me to arrange collecting it and taking it back to Warwick, the only thing that I could criticise that wagon for in that week is I still do not understand the horrible dashboard. I don't mean the business bit that's around you when you're driving. That bit's perfectly functional and clear and the rest of it. But the dashboard that's been designed by a designer who wants to look at it and go, I did that. It doesn't, to me, serve any practical purpose as it shoots off to the far end and it tapers away to a point over there in at near side windscreen corner. Now, somebody, I can't remember who, so I won't embarrass them, but somebody a year or two ago says, oh, yeah, it's designed that way to draw your eye to the mirror as though you can't find a mirror anywhere because it's there, nailed okay. on your door. But anyway, it... The upshot of that pointlessly weird, diagonally slopey dashboard is that when you sit in the passenger chair, unless you've got the swivel seat as an option, which we didn't, if you're trying to have dinner over there on that uh, dashboard top, you can't unless you're an amputee because one knee is wedged into the dashboard and the other knee's got 10 inch to spare. So that, to me, seems like a ridiculous use of space. But... And that is the only criticism I've got. And you know how there have been criticisms heaped upon criticisms for various European items mm -hmm. the last mm -hmm. couple of years. That Volvo, to me, is about as near uh, perfect as it can get. Good stuff. That was, well, it was a long time gap between you driving a new one and an old one, so I'm glad you enjoyed your well, time yeah. with it. Um, yeah, 2001 to now is, you know, yeah, I'm not probably the best man to sort of judge what's improved from version 3s and version 4s, because I've no idea, but um, I've only got it to benchmark against Renault, Iveco, S500, etc. And it's it's on an equal with S500 in uh, most ways, but if it came down to it, 250 horsepower aside, I think I'd go S500 just because they really do seem finally to have taken note of what drivers want and listened. And I imagine they've gone, right, Sven, what do you think to this? And, you know, Sven's gone, nearly, but if you just move that that way a bit, and that'll, you know, it, it looks like they've had a few committees and subcommittees at Scania, and they've got that cab absolutely spot on. It was fantastic. But... Volvo are nearly there. I mean, Volvo might not care. You know, Volvo might think they're already there. I don't, I'm not sure, but in my mind, it's two percent shy of Scania because of that odd dashboard. And if it, you know, if that swivel seat had been fitted in that, I might have thought, well, it doesn't matter about the dashboard because I can spin round and I can pull out my table that you apparently get as well when you get a swivel seat that we didn't have. But that's it. That's the only thing I can say that I'd have changed, which. Is uh, is remarkable because I'm a real grumpy, miserable old Yorkshire git, as you know. Mm. So, you're rustling. 
Well, I'm I'm rustling as well. I'm a rustling, grumpy old Yorkshire kid. No, I, I'd get, I would having spent the week with the seven seventy S. I mean, well, the, the S cab. I mean, it could have been uh, a five hundred, just the same. Yeah, I would say that Scania is the benchmark for uh, accommodation cab wise. Um, I would say probably it, 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 it's a it's a characteristic of all flat floored trucks, though, that they lose a little bit. On the cornering, they're a little bit more vague and um, mm. it's a little bit more effort if they're climbing in and out them all day. So I quite like that the Volvo's a bit lower, but having not driven yeah. the the big, well, it was the, the FM 420, the really low height one that I drove. So it's completely different, a completely different thing. Um, but I'd say that Scania's the one that they've got to all um, measure up um against i mean it's obviously it's by far the most expensive truck as well so it bloody well should be the best one yeah. in terms of yeah, accommodation yeah. but the thing i liked about the scania as well though that there's no gimmicks on it it was just all it's all buttons and simple dials and controls there's no yeah. clever shit going on it's just it's got three big cup holders two big drawers enormous cabinets on the front and back everything's there for yeah. you need it to be boom job done yeah out and oh God, it's only two weeks till I'm back out again um, and the Iveco S-Way 460 so that'll be me in a, um, a much more fleet orientated vehicle for a week and then I don't know I'm not booking in anything else after that I did put some feelers out as to anybody who wanted some work from me over the summer and they're like yeah yeah when can you start you know because a lot of people seem to be really busy um, yeah. but I've got two stupid three week issues to do which is going to be mm. Uh, a lot of pressure and I've got the Convoy in the Park programme to go and do mm. so I can't be going spending a week out each schedule gallivanting if I'm losing a week out the schedule so the S-Way no. might be my last hurrah for a couple of months um, uh, to see. but anyway how was it like, what's it been like getting the Foden back? You pleased to see, pleased to be yeah. on the road now again, how's it feeling now it's had um, the, the snagging list I tended to. Um, they've done everything that needed doing. Um, panels that were a funny colour are now not. Uh, door seals are fitted. Door gaps that you could put your head out and have a look outside have gone. Uh, I don't get wet. You know, uh, I think it was just a rush job getting it back together because maybe time management had, had slipped on that project. I don't know. Um, it, yeah, she's good. I mean, we. Got her back Saturday, mid-morning Saturday, and we'd uh, got no uh, splitter on the gearbox, which I probably couldn't attribute to the paint shop, even if I wanted to, because I've had nothing to do with the gearbox wiring or anything like that. It must just be a coincidence. But on uh, Saturday, Ash bobbed around to have a slide underneath because he's still the right shape for sliding underneath, whereas I'd have to uh, jack it up to get underneath. He... um, (laughs) Pulled the plug off the gearbox and it was full of water, which is odd because it's been inside for a week and it worked mm. before it went in. So I don't quite know how that happened, but that's what it was. Blew that out. Um, that's good. And then this fine morning after we cleaned it within an inch of its worthless life on Saturday and got all my gear back in and got ready for today, I went in this morning at three o'clock. Half the lower light bar was in darkness. Yeah, fantastic. Mm. So I... Um, Got that sorted this morning. Broken wires into light bar, which 
is where the main feed goes in. So I, I'm suspecting when it was off again. It's been on, off, on, off this light bar mm. about four times now. So I think maybe 15-year-old wiring doesn't appreciate being connected, bent, moved, you no, know, disconnected. So anyway, we've sorted that between us and she's good to go and she's gone. And by God, has she gone today, the old last she, uh, she was up at Howden this morning to load plants for where have I been? Painton in Devon. Um, and then we uh, shot down there, got tipped and reloaded empties in Painton and got back up to Gloucester services tonight, which I don't think is a bad shift really for an old lass. Granted, it's not heavy. I think even with all these empty uh, crates on them, probably only got about seven ton in fridge. Maybe on way down three the, ton. The, so. more, the more of that you can do, the better. You know that's why. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's why the Kingspan was such a nice, desirable work because yeah. it was so bloody light. It wasn't hard on the motors. So. Yeah. There's no point strutting about like Billy Big Balls because you've just done a forty-four ton load of steel down to South Wales. If you can do. Three ton of plants down to uh, Torquay, is there? Um, Good MP. She's done 11, Oof. top side of 11 today, average. So I'm happy, she's happy, and we've done just wrong end of 800k today, and she's done that in a 10 with eight minutes to spare. And um, we were in here for about. To, that's good you made it all the way up to Gloucester because at the time I'd said. Um, we were looking at the mm. time, we were talking about, um, we had a phone call earlier on this afternoon and I said, um, uh, you might have made it to Bridgewater, <clears> but you've done much, much better than that. You've got all the way up to... Aye, we got to Bridgewater. I'd asked on Facebook, you know, truck parks are us or whatever it's called, and um, I got directions into market at Bridgewater and I yeah. thought, I've got an hour and a half left on a 10. I might as well run a 10 because I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to waste a 15 today anyway. So I thought, right, sod it, we'll go for this. So mm-hmm. we popped a 10 and got up here in a 10. So I've... Um, what do you think of Gloucester services? It's uh, nice if you like turf on the roof. Well, it's full it's, of pot. Um, you, can go, you can go in and buy their artisan gin and their crafts and posh cheeses and all that kind of stuff. It's one of those... Oh, it's, um, it's a good spot. I think it's services. the same crew that... It's the same crew that owned T-Bay, isn't it? Yeah, I spent a night in um, there with the S-Way um, and got myself uh, lasagna and salad and chips for my dinner and it was lovely and I bought some. I did actually go and buy some fancy gin to go and send uh, send mm. off as a Christmas present, which um, uh, and I wish yeah. I hadn't done. I wish I'd went and drank that gin to myself. <laughs> fancy. Um, I had a steak, steak and ale pie at I think the word that um, this lot would like me to say down here is probably artisan. You know, it's one of those sorts of places. Isn't it? it was an yeah, that's artisan what I just said. Pie. I said that you can buy the artisan yeah. gins yeah. and all that. That's all. And it was an artisan, artisan pie, pie because they put it in a cardboard box. Yeah, that's, you got that's it in it. an eco warrior cardboard box. I got my lasagna yeah. in, a, in, a, in a cardboard box yeah. with a wooden knife and fork. Yes, that's it. Fully, yeah, fully biodegradable. Uh, steak and ale pie scenario and I I got an odd little um, like beaker full of chips and I just looked at this lad and he looked at me and I said and what I expected me to do with these well they're <laughs> your chips I says I know they're my chips but why aren't they in that box 
and he just looked at me gormless, so I tipped him in. I thought, you, you artisan types. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know a man in North Yorkshire who will be listening to this <laughs> sometime end of this week, and he will be smashing up his cab because the word artisan makes him violent. And I've, oh, uh, I've, I've got as many art, I've got as many artisans in this as we can. So, uh, um, <clears throat> Paul Dunn, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lost in title, title the episode Artisan Pies. <laughs> He'll like that. He'll probably come and kill you, but Artisan um, Pies and Hipster Chips. There you go. Aye. Hipster chips. The guy that served me looked like the honey monster. So he wasn't he wasn't a hipster, definitely not. He was a honey monster, but nice bloke, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> But you want the big trucking news of today? I'd love some massive trucking news, please, because oh, no. I've lived in a bubble today. Oh, well, Let's have it. well, Renault have launched their new Range T and T High Evolutions, and they've done no. it on the they've done it on the European Truck Simulator video game. Well, that um, would have passed a lot of people by then, won't it? Well, it's kind of it's kind of surreal on Twitter because you've got like video game in sort of YouTube types. Who are out mm. driving their there's somebody there's got a Pollock liveried new shape ETA, um, ETS mm. range T high that is going to make the flagship mm. of his fleet because this game's fascinating to people who don't drive trucks and don't <coughs> do anything like that. So the truck's in the game, and I've been given a um I've been given a login to get the game and all the unlockables and everything. Um which I only got today because in, I mean I like playing my Xbox One and things like that. I played quite a lot of SnowRunner on GTA Five and everything during lockdown. But yeah. Renault never got in touch with me in advance or anything like that. So I've only got the code today. But as it just so happens, I it's a new tax year and I need to um, get rid of. Um, I need to spend some money lest um, the Scottish National Party government try and relieve me of it in tax. So I've just spent eighteen hundred yeah. quid on a laptop with my uh, lorry driving money. Um, so I've now got a laptop with a sh- serious amount of grunt. This is like a FH16 750 laptop. Um, so I can, I'm now going to be able to play European Truck Simulator 2 at the weekend with the new Renault Range T High so I can test it on a video game. So that's going to be uh, pretty weird, to be honest with you. But I'm hoping that I can get away with just using an Xbox One controller because you can buy a set of steering wheel, you can buy a steering wheel, you can buy pedals, and you can buy a gear lever, and you can also buy an actual Scania range change and splitter gear lever, which will attach to your generic computer game one. So you've then got a lorry gear lever, so you can change like manual gearbox. But, but unless you're 15. See, if I was 15, that would be the most incredible thing in the world I had ever seen. I would want that almost as much as I would have wanted to get with Jenny Bryce at the time, which was, Uh, let me tell you, a lot. Um, We managed with an Atari with paddle controllers and he didn't do us any harm, lad. No, well, I had a Sega Master System, you know, and there weren't even any truck games on that. You know, I only had like four games because they cost 30 quid, so you only got one (coughs) Christmas. Yeah, but now as you race towards 50 years old, Douglas, do you think Careful, really you man, should be staying on your own? Yeah, you're racing towards 50, you're not going to get 40 again. You shouldn't be staying in playing weird computer games on your own. That's not the way to get laid. But it, it, 
It is, but only by other nerds. Have you ever seen, I've got a recommendation, uh, an entertainment recommendation, um, which is another one of these things that I'm like years late to. Have you ever seen Trailer Park Boys? Nope. It's fantastic. It's a Canadian um, like fly on the wall comedy show about these um, sort of like um, uh, rogues that live in this trailer park in Nova Scotia in Canada, and it's all about their shenanigans about how trying to get rich and the run-ins with the camp supervisor and there's like 12 series of it and it is hilarious and I'm addicted to it and there must be other people that have seen this because it's got like 12 series um, be a few Canadians who've seen it probably uh, be, uh, and no it's bloody good though it's on Netflix and I've uh, really enjoyed watching that over the last couple of weeks since I binge watched all of Shit's Creek which, mm. was, which was too soft and uh, gentle and made me all triggery and emotional, but Trailer Park mm. Boys is like much more crude. As uh, that's really Jim's more... dad, isn't it? Yeah, Jim's dad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, shit's cr- shit, yeah, that that is really good. To be fair, that's a great thing to watch. I've spoken about that on the podcast. Um, and Mummy, before. isn't she the Mummy from uh, Home Alone? Home Alone, yeah. And there's but now uh, very it's, old. It's Jim's dad's son, Dan Levy, is um, in it as well, playing his actual son. Uh, and the, his daughter's um, uh, Alexis is an actress called, uh, named Annie Murphy, who um, is just adorable. She's just oh, wonderful. Yeah. yeah, so it's worth it's well, well worth watching that. Uh, but Trailer Park Boys mm. is at the opposite end of the spectrum because Shit's Creek is gentle and soothing and Trailer Park Boys is crude and uncouth and probably much more in line with the Truck and Driver podcast. Um, it's like the difference audience. between Charlton and the Wheelies and South Park. Yes, You're going to pretend you I don't can... remember Charlton and the Wheelies now, right? No, re- that was before my time. That was a 70s bloody kids TV show about yes. some strange wheeled devices. I'm not sure I remember that. I think there was. there used to be this TV show where they would get a load of celebrities like talking heads on the telly to talk about the 70s. And they'd be like, hey, weren't that great back in the 70s when we had like Raleigh Choppers and uh, uh, mm. Charlie and Wheelers and Clangers and all that. Yes. Uh, Charlie and the Wheelers is, is TV is gold. Fenella, Charlton and the Wheelers. It's, it's about Fenella, this witch, a green witch who lives in a kettle with a talking telescope. And Charlton is a fat bloke who... Uh, plainly comes from Bolton, you know, because it's like, hello, little old lady. And uh, Fenella is evil and Welsh. I don't know if I'd be allowed these That's days so to be somebody, somebody would get their umbrage about that because she's Welsh and evil. I don't know. But yeah, anyway. She was a Welsh from... witch with a green face and she said, I'll get you, Charlton. Quite a lot, really. And it, it kind of went around Charlton trying to convince her that she could be friendly and she was a cowbag, really. But, you know, we had that. We had Jamie and the Magic Torch. I remember Dog that. Wellington. Yeah, right. no, I'm, just having a look at, I'm just having a look at this Charlton in the wheelies now. That just, this is terrifying. Mm. Mark Drakeford's Aye. probably banned this. I get you, Please, Charlton. Oh, this looks like mm. this looks some sort of fever dream hey, that I would have had. If you want to frighten kids, which you do, because you look like that for a reason, obviously. Um, if you want to frighten kids. Get some mm-hmm. kids round, preferably your niece and nephew, rather than random ones, because you'll do. Yeah, don't take them off that. the street. You know, you, you'll no. get trouble for that. Yeah. No, well, no, dear listener, that's important. We are not endorsing gathering up random children. Can, yeah, no, no, no. Can, they've got to be your niece and nephew. Can't stress yeah. that enough. Yep. 
and sit them in front of your computer having carefully made sure all your favorite apps are closed and then go on to youtube and search for a children's tv program that used to scare the bejesus out of us when we were bands in the 70s called pipkins right I think it was a London weekend television job or a Thames thing. We used to get a picture of Tower Bridge at, you know, Pipkins. Pipkins. That, I think the whole concept of Pipkins, writing conceptual oh, storyboards. Oh, that's got Hartley Hill in it. Hartley Hill yeah, like... the moth-eating, yeah, monkey, mouldy, like... septic, dead and buried it looks Devil like a hair rabbit. that's been, like yeah. that's been run over in the A66 and left and he had a really and bloody hot, annoying voice. In the hot summer day, yeah, it looks like... <laughs> and he had um, a, a really bloody annoying pig as well. Yeah, um, you, know, you know what else is terrifying if you want to look up? Look up original Bungle from Rainbow. Mm, from the first Dead-eyed series. Dead-eyed bugger that, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, this is like the devil's incarnate. Um, yes. Bungle uh, wasn't quite so camp, was he, in series when uh, he had dead eyes? Uh, dead eye. You know, dead eyed Bungle's going to get you. Jesus Christ. Get to oh, bed, man. said oh, my father. Go on, off to bed, you little bugger, or we'll get Bungle around. And as you spill those stairs, like look, they were, like they look were flat. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually switch the camera on here because we're trying to podcast and do the bandwidth thing because Chris is in his truck and it's difficult because in 2021 look that's original bungle yeah look at him he's spoiling that's... for a bloody fight look at him he's like who, who wants some look at his tiny head yeah, and his like beady little East spider End, eyes you're yeah, zippy man you're yeah, zippy I'm going to have your eye out hey, hey. Mm-hmm. god I'm going to have oh I'm going to be on the Xanax tonight to get to sleep this podcast's going verge. I wonder if Jay never worked again after that Rod, Jane, and Freddie. Mm, I'm not too bothered about um, Rod and Freddie, to be fair, but you can't possibly Jane was always quite by, interesting. You can't now. Let, let's take, let's Google Rod, Jane, and Freddie now. Uh, Remember rainbows, Rod, Jane, and Freddie. Clearly, we do because we're clicking this. Two of them just got what? Do you think? Do you think Parole. married? <laughs> <laughs> Married, parole, arrested under Operation U Tree. What do we reckon? Let's uh, visit the page. Two of them just got married 30 years after TV Love Triangle, 30th of May 2016. Um, Jane just tied the knot with one of her two singing co stars 30 years after splitting with the other. Jane Tucker and Freddie Marks first sparked rumours of an illicit love triangle when they got together three decades ago. Oh my God, it's like Fleetwood Mac on children's TV. They were like all doing each other. Goodness me. Did they know they had a spin-off of the Rod? Jeffrey, oh, poor Jeffrey, died a couple of years ago. Poor guy. Mm, Of a broken heart because he got kicked out of the love square because he'd have have been the fourth. Maybe, maybe they wanted a classic love triangle, but he was the fourth corner, so you know it was always a square, and it never sat well. So they uh, they had him assassinated. Possibly, they had the Rod Possibly James not as well. Show. Mm. Good grief. I don't know if I can end this podcast on. I can't end it on that. That's bizarre. Jeffrey had a passionate affair with Di Station from either either the engine. God, that was another one um, as well. Oh, I won't, I won't, I won't. There was, there was nothing oh, whoa, no way, no way, no way. Wait till you see this. 
It's a picture of Bungle. Turn camera back on again. It's a picture of Bungle um, doing something. Um, hold on. <laughs> He's a grumpy bear. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah, look at the size of those fingers as well. Good grief. Hey, yeah, it's, it's Bungle. It's Bungle doing something inappropriate. We shall say with Jane. And it's not doing Although it Jane in a way... does appear to be quite happy about that, isn't she? Yeah, Jane's very much a consenting partner in that I better look yes. at it. God. Remember there was Aye. that like the, they had a sketch where they were going on about twangers and all that. There was Aye. this inappropriate thing. Because you used to go and make you know, kids TV shows used to go and implore you to go and make terrible things as well. So you'd be going like Aye. a going squirting half a bottle of your mother's good fairy liquid down the sink to get the bottle to use it for something. Or mm-hmm. You would be asking her where where could you get sticky back plastic from, which was something which yeah. I still I still couldn't tell you where you could get that um, from to this day. Have you ever transported <laughs> sticky back plastic in your duties as a lorry driver? No. No. So you, no. So you would try and make things in the house, but you never had any of the stuff that they had, so it would always turn out shite. Then it would. It was me. always blue Peter, and I think. Biddy Baxter probably oh, that's had a controlling well she had a controlling share in the only British sticky backed plastic factory somewhere in Surrey. That's why everything Blue Peter did involved bloody sticky back plastic. And it made Biddy Baxter a very wealthy woman and she became a bit of a megalomaniac and they had to have a sectioned, which is why Blue Peter is the work drivel that it is today. There's no still on? massive elephants shitting near John Noakes these days. Or uh, Sophie Ellis Bexter's mum being thrown out of aeroplanes at short notice. None of that these days. It's crap. <laughs> That's the wife ringing me against his bedtime. But anyway, I've just... Um, yeah, it should be. Oh, you've got a woman phones you at bedtime and things and that. How lovely. Oh. If any hauliers and drivers of a certain age can now drive through the night listening to this with a warm feeling inside, remembering Ivo, Dice Station, Jones the Steam, Mrs. Porty. Never really got that. that. No, I'm, I'm a Thomas oh, the Tank Engine Ivo. guy. It was like a Faulty Towers thing, Ivo. They only made a few episodes, but. Ivo, what are you classic. talking about? Ivo the Engine here, or something else totally different? Yeah. Ivo the Ivo Engine. The engine. Oh, yeah, here's Ivor on his way up to Grumbly Gasworks. Oh, you are fantastic. And Idris the dragon that lived in Ivor's firebox. Oh, brilliant. I've walked all my children. They all love Ivor. I got Ivor books and DVDs at an early age. Got them in. Anything that Oliver Postgate had a hand in in the 70s is a classic. Do you want to know something? Do you want a fact Bagpuss. on Ivor the engine or Bagpuss? Yeah. Yes, I would. I yes. would. I would. I would have a Bagpuss mascot for the truck. I would. You know, my Cookie Monsters mascot's got quite faded. I, I think a Bagpuss would be a legitimate thing to have. They made forty episodes of Ivor the engine between 1975 and 77, but they also made twenty six of them in 1959, which were in black and white. Wow. I always thought that stuff in the seventies, all the seventies stuff that got repeated when I was growing up in the eighties, seemed really dark and surreal and weird, and that's why the, yeah. you know I know that there was that much. There were just chemicals and everything back then, you know, and it showed. 
Ivo was a simple program. It was on between News Round and Blue Peter, and it was just simple. It was great. If you want to go, okay, was he involved with the clangers as well and nogging the nog? Well, that's all 60s stuff. That were all psychedelia, right? That was all my brother's generation of junior stoners. But by the 70s, we're all in industrial strife and union misery and three-day weeks and, you know, long bridge car workers, one out, all out and all that crap. So they, in their infinite wisdom, BBC had this five-minute cartoon between Blue Peter and um, Newsround and... I still think I imagined it. It was called Ludwig. And it was on whenever Ivor wasn't. They used to put Ludwig on, and Ludwig was some kind of Christ knows what, really. Um, Like an egg, an egg in a dinner jacket that used to pop a violin out and play it out of his robotic I egg wonder if I'm, I really honestly wonder if I've like taken too much Xanax and like nodded out, and I'm now in like some sort of... Um, yeah purgatorial oh. uh, dream world but I am not because I've googled it and Ludwig is a surreal 1977 British made children's cartoon animation about a magical egg shaped gemstone who lived in a forest mm. 25 five minute episodes were made yep. Peter went on to was, animate Pigeon Street which had Clara it in was, it as well long distance Clara it was completely off its box. Um, God, it Ludwig, looks like it's you know? off its box. Aye, God, I, know, I don't I remember that at all. On the week that was on, you know, between uh, News Round and Blue Peter, I'd go in the kitchen for five minutes and find my mother and help her with something because I, I used to feel uneasy in the lounge on my own watching that because it was weird, you know. Oof. But That is weird. I'm hoping that this podcast, if you're listening to it, Night Shift is... Um, Suitably um, mm. disconcerted you enough to keep you awake for the rest of the night. Mm. Yeah, we could have saved a life. Could have done, I. Probably yeah, some other truck excellent. news or something I could have talked about as well. Aye. Hard to buy LNG. Could... Yeah, it's hard to buy LNG gas in Scotland at the moment. We don't care about <laughs> Damn. What about in a practical, a practical finish? You set the record straight amongst all the current gossip about Pembrey and what gossip about Pembrey it's cancelled well well, we know it's cancelled do you want to know in the manner in which it's been cancelled no 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 no. we know it's cancelled a lot of people have not seen that because I've mentioned it to a few people and they've looked at me like I'm gone out a little teensy bit of witter on social media is all anybody's seen Oh and God, this is like I, said, I need to go. I need to go back on social and... media. There's still a bloody nothing great advert for Pembrey in there. So um... yeah, I need to go on Facebook. I'm gonna. I can't avoid it really. Yes. I'm gonna have to go and start it. Right. The um, convoy event at Pembrey, I have to say categorically, has been postponed until 2022. It did have the go-ahead, but the Welsh Government have decided to stop all public events throughout the entire year because they don't like what the British Government, the UK. Westminster government is doing with regards to opening things up. So um, they cancelled. They said, no, you can't do it. So the next event that we Mm. will have in our roster is Thruxton on the 3rd and 4th of July, which I will be going to, and it better be scorching. I'm telling you. Mm. It wants to be absolutely roasting. I don't think it's that far from Eastbourne either. 
I have no idea where it is. I don't know. That's not that's not for the podcast anyway. <clears throat> right, anyway, yeah. Pembrey, Pembrey is not happening. If you go there, there will be nothing there. And I'm going to spread the people. word. Spread spread the word. It wasn't our fault. Happy truckers. It, it was a uh, uh, Drakey baby. Drakeford. Drakeford yeah. and his band of. Uh, Welsh government people. That's the problem. They just go and foster grievance. It's too easy because it's for them to go down a different route. I was actually looking, I was thinking, I can't, the weather's bollocks. It's absolutely freezing cold. I'm thinking, is there any reason why I can't produce the Truck and Driver magazine from Cyprus? No. There isn't really, is there? No. No. None. Property values are like it. You just have to do a massive feature on Bedford's or something, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah, like Leylands that have been parked in a field for like 40 years and they're still in the same shape mm. as the version they were parked there. I could do that. I'm pretty sure that like Jared from Scania or Martin from Volvo would happily go and personally deliver me one of those gigantic super trucks as well for me to go and road test around Cyprus, like hauling um, whatever it is they grow in Cyprus. What do they grow in Cyprus? Like bananas or something? Um, no. Magical eggs that play the violin. Hmm. Possibly, um, I think it'd be something more suitable. Separate. What is it? What is it? Separate and known for tangerines. Would be yeah. lemons. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, lemons. Yeah, I can lemon go groves. Go Things go like go that. Haul some yeah. lemons around Cyprus with a Volvo F eight sixteen or Aye. Scania V eight. But roads like... that big enough, so you'd need a Bedford. You need a Bedford TK with greedy boards on to get anywhere really. I would do. And I'd have a simple mm. life. I could handle that. Ah, to get up in the I got morning. taken by an older man into a shed of the day to look at his Bedford TK that's been professionally restored. Very nice. Very, sorry, very sorry, nice. The, the, the signal cut out there. It just says, I was taken yeah. by an older man. Very, very yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah. He showed me. <laughs> he, he showed me his custom-made body in a darkened shed of the day. No, it's, oh. uh, I'm not going to tell you who it is because he might be a bit he might be a little bit uh, parochial about his Bedford, but there is a very, very nice Bedford in Yorkshire that's been restored to a wonderful standard, and I hope it gets out and gets spotted I, this I, summer. I would be prepared to feature a Bedford TK. I know it's a bit classic and vintage in commercials, but mm. that or a Ford D-series, but, but mm. particularly more so than the Ford, the Bedford TK, when you're interviewing people a lot of the time, the amount of businesses mm. that started with a Bedford TK, that Aye. that little truck has built a huge amount of modern haulage in Britain. So if it's a lovely Aye. TK, what is it? Is it a tipper? It's a drop side with uh, high sides on with milk churns on back at the moment. It's of course a really you know, that, that, count, that counts. I could really come to Tip-X and Tank-X. Foxy job. Aye. That could come, that could come to that if I wanted to. Which is Aye, well. Ages away yet when... When we've all had our, our vaccines, you know. I do know that the owner is particularly fond of a pint as well, so it it it'd fit right in at Tipex if we get that one going in uh, October. Oh, so well I'll mention it. I'll mention it, and I'll see. Give it a go. Mm. Give it a go. But it's but a beauty. Let's... It really is. It'd be coal men all over Yorkshire crying into their hankies on the sea that and getting emotional and remembering. Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. It's a very beautiful thing. Oh, lovely. Well, that, that is a good good note to end this, frankly, surreal podcast on. Um, thank you very much for your time this evening. Um, it's been rest, a pleasure. Hope the rest of the week runs well for you. I'm going to go and um, 
uh, go and watch some more Trailer Park Boys and then go to bed. So I'm, uh, I'm going back up there quickly in the morning, then I'm going to deliver some lettuce to Shropshire tomorrow afternoon because I'm good like that. So uh, I'll be on. I'll be on the city. So see me tomorrow. Healthy lettuce. Don't be afraid to approach me. I'm quite friendly and I like Costa, Latte, Large, no sugar. Thanks. Yeah, just don't sneak sneak up on them. No, because I might be talking to myself under my breath. Approach him him from the front so you can can see you clearly. You know, don't don't start along. You'll be fine. Right. Yeah. Wonderful. Right. Cool. Cheers. Are you uh, going to ring me back and read me a bedtime story like you usually do when I'm out? Uh, Of course I am. Excellent. Um, I'm going to go and download Ivor the the very first of the Ivor the engines, and I'm going to read that to you. (sighs) Happy days. Right. Catch you later. Thanks for listening to the Truck and Driver podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To keep up to date with the latest news, 100% for drivers, visit truckanddriver.co.uk, where you can also subscribe to the print edition of Truck and Driver magazine, which publishes on the last Friday of every month. The Truck and Driver podcast is produced by Sound Rebel. To find out more, please visit soundrebel.co.uk.